Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Once there was this kid who got into an accident and got and come to school, but we're a little too melancholy tonight for English. So Bloom and I decided, well, we played this after the Cyhawk game in football this year. So when we have bad weeks, we're just going to go. English is getting replaced. We're just going straight to the crash test dummies. Harry! Hey! Oh, what a weekend. Welcome to the pod. It's good to be back here in the home office. I haven't seen it in this year 2022. So we were actually talking about this at dinner on Friday night. Usually our families do something together once a week. Honestly, yeah, like, and it's normal. Yep. I mean, and selfishly, it's like, yeah, it's nice to see you, but it's so our kids can bother each other. Yeah, my kids needed to, yeah. to bother of somebody else this weekend. And uh, we were discussing, your wife brought it up, we hadn't seen each other since like thanksgiving basically yeah, we're, like, because sickness everybody's sickness. been sick and yeah we haven't done a in-person sunday night pod since well before christmas like well before christmas yeah great so it's good to be back i like what you've done with the place you got some new carpet in here yeah uh shout out to our friends at nebraska furniture mart for all of this work i've done a, we've done a lot of work man like i'm i'm so tired of like stuff we have done so much we have brand new bathrooms we did the brand new fireplace we've done shell like, like we've we, i mean we decided we weren't gonna move and then, so i was like okay we'll take out a little loan and we'll make the house what, what we want looks but, nice thank you good job uh well 
Welcome to the podcast. Shout out to our friends at MechDyne and the MechDyne Corporation. Such phenomenal sponsors of what we do here at Cyclone Fanatic. And I'm proud to announce that they are now the sponsor of the Corner 3 podcast with awesome. Scott Christofferson. Man, that's a great podcast. That podcast, uh, we'll make the announcement right now, year round from now on. Wow. We have a basketball podcast. It'll be once a week. Um, so, you know recruiting, uh, even like when it's kind of the dead time and the NBA is going, Scott's going to be able to, uh, Scotty's a budding superstar, if he you haven't really noticed. Yeah. So I'm like, we got to keep him happy and do as much with him now at Psycho and Fanatic as we can until he is a big timer and too good for us. Yeah, can you get him to do a long-term contract? It's kind of like the Major yeah. League Baseball when you get Ronald Acuna, you know, after a year, lock him into a long-term deal. Yeah. No, that's, that's no outstanding, doubt. and uh, just an awesome guy. A uh, really, really good human being, and we're really, really lucky to have him here at Cyclone Fanatic. And I wanted to um, actually just lead. At, Jared does a nice job with basketball too, Jared. Of course, of course. The I, I, I just wanted to lead with this because if you don't ask, people can't respond. We so we've brought on Scott. We are. I'm making a big announcement here in the next couple of weeks. We're going to have a full time recruiting reporter joining us at Cyclone Fanatic. We're doing all kinds of cool stuff. We're upgrading equipment. We're doing all this, and we're really able to do this because of our premium subscribers and our Patreon uh, subscribers. And uh, we want to keep pushing that. And I think we do a really good job. I think a lot of people really enjoy the premium message board. There's less. You know, not that uh, there, there's nothing wrong with the free board. It's just a different type of conversation. It's more in-depth. It's it's fewer people, but there's more thought, I think, that probably that's goes fair. into the post. That's fair, yep. Uh, and then a lot of people like the Patreon where the updates and the information goes straight to your email. Believe it or not, I had this conversation with somebody today. Most people don't like posting on a message board. That It's a rare person who you know, spends a bunch of hours on there and arguing with people back and forth. So we actually have more people who prefer the Patreon, but there's a lot of good information. I'm not promising you we're going to break every story with Iowa State, but I think we have I've been doing this for 18 years now. We have a lot of great connections. We can, you know, we can put you ahead of things, uh, usually a couple of days before they happen. So if you would like to subscribe, we're using that money and we're doing really good things with it to make our product better. We're br- we brought on Ben Visser, the longtime yeah. reporter for the Cedar Rapids Gazette, probably the best wrestling mind, uh, well, at least a free agent, him and Cody Goodwin, I would say from the register out there, he's doing a wrestling podcast with Jacqueline Cordova now, and uh, we're going to keep building. So again, if you don't promote it and you don't ask, people aren't going to know about it. So that's our premium and Patreon options. Uh, consider that in 2022. You got anything to add to that? No, I I I'm on the premium board a lot. So I mean, I I'll post there a couple times a week just with some things I'm hearing. Not that I know more than you, I clearly don't. But I mean, I think it's pretty telling, C Dub, that you've had that thing for what 18 months now. Yeah, you know, maybe two. You're pushing two years, and it's there's been some significant news in that time frame, and you've been on it pretty much for every big news story. So. And, and there's times, and I, you've said it from the start, you're not going to create news just Correct. to create news. And I think that probably gets frustrating at times. You're like, well, this is pretty quiet on the premium board. When there's nothing happening, 
you're not going to fake it because that's right. how you lose credibility all the way around. And so I think, you know, the the premium model, you're not going to get everything every day. No. But over time, hopefully you see the benefit and then interacting on that side of things is, is where, uh, you know, where you get the value from. Plus you're supporting the work that a lot of local people are doing here covering Iowa State. Yeah, and we're going to we're gonna keep reinvesting. We're not. And I'm going to help out a little more in football too. Yeah, we got, uh, we'll have news on that yeah. later on. Um, so anyways, there's that. Well, real quick though, we have to start with, uh, as we just poured oh a bottle gosh. of Cody Road here, what that Chiefs game. Holy crap. I know, I, I mean, it's not, it's not Cyclones, but how do we not? Like, we literally just got them watching it, and we turned on the microphones. That was one of the best NFL games I've ever seen. Maybe the best. I feel like recency bias, but, like, 13 seconds. Like When 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 Mahomes gets it back with a buck 50, I'm like, well, that's an eternity. And then you give it to Allen with a minute, I'm like, well, that's an eternity. And then with 13 seconds, like, nah, no way. And then it's just an incredible – Arrowhead's an amazing place to watch a game. Uh, what a game. I uh, had a lot of Cyclone vibes from Buffalo there. Oh. Oh, just, I just feel for those I, – I that was like – I yeah. feel for Josh Allen and for the Buffalo fan base. They haven't exactly had it easy over the last 30 years, and what a brutal way to lose. And it was a, an amazing – sequence of events and you know the whole weekend it shows why nfl's king and it's just a machine I and mean, those four games all of them the ratings on that chiefs bills game c-dev will be insane and it's why the nfl is just a juggernaut and it's not going anywhere yeah last night's rating will be really good too with the 49ers and the Packers that went oh, down to the wall. I mean, sure. all, all, all of those of games. But they had competition. There was college ball. UFC uh, fight. UFC was yep. going on. Yeah, there was a lot happening I mean, at that it, time. But that, the NFL product is just really good right now because of you've got <laughs> this superstar quarterbacks, plus you had, you know, the old GOAT and Tom Brady still hanging around, and the Rams got something good going on. Like, there's Matthew Stafford's a great story. Yeah, it is. It's just, it was a. Hey, listen, I'm not the world's biggest NFL fan. I don't even have a favorite team. If it is, it's probably the Vikings. Out of come on, it's, don't, it's don't. tough. I don't. It's it's it makes for long weekends. You and committed you're, to you're, the Vikings a I, long I'm, time. I am. I am. You know, I've got one cheek in still, uh, just to reduce the pain threshold. Well, and your wife, you kind of married into. Yeah, this. You right. Don't, it, you don't have it, a lot of choice. It's um, it is just a complete juggernaut because there's nothing that can touch it right now. And amazing to me, and I know some people brought this up, but I just think it's it is interesting. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. However, COVID's going wild in the country, <laughs> except for <laughs> I did not hear of one NFL player test positive for COVID this weekend. Which good for them. John Stockton got kicked out of Gonzaga. The show most guests go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a weird that. story that, that is. That was a bizarre story. I didn't realize that John Stockton was like so. He, it would not have been a story unless that completely he, off the rocker quote. About, but he went on that podcast. It was about all these people who are dying, dying that are professional athletes. <laughs> yeah, it's like whoa. He said 150 professional athletes have died because of the COVID vaccine. It's yeah, like, it was, well, oh, why? Man. I figured that'd be a little bit more it of a story. <laughs> Where did? How did I miss that one? Jeez, John. Yeah. So what a word. So, so the, yeah, but the NFL that became a thing. Yeah, the NFL was just it. It, it disappeared this weekend. We had our first real COVID controversy in Ames. 
Oh, this story. week with Man. the women's deal. Yes. Which that I turned mean, into a thing. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad that they were the Jones sisters were back. It didn't really matter. Long week for today. basketball in general, which yeah, we spend our most of our time on. Here. It certainly was. But that and you know, in the the NFL Here's another conspiracy theory. Um, the NFL didn't really m- give much of a damn about concussions for a really long time. Uh, I will say this because of, um, I, and I, you know me, that's one of my passion points. I've read way too many books yeah, about yep. head injuries and stuff like that. But I still watch football. It's not a war on football. Don't come at me like that. But that coming around the way that it did, when that it did, has helped the NFL's product greatly. There is a reason why... We always loved Big 12 football. You spread it out. I always referenced Art Bryles and Hal Mum and Mike yep. Leach. There's a great book about it, starting seven-on-seven seven drills in Texas. The, these guys were laughed at 15 years ago in the NFL. And the concussion rules, which have greatly benefited offenses, no doubt, have greatly made – it's made their product more entertaining. It just has. And – like, I was just talking to my father-in-law, diehard Chiefs fan. I called him right after the game to congratulate him. And we were talking about how we felt terrible that Josh Allen had to lose that game. Yeah, well, that's it's a it, bad rule. but Yeah, well, and I, and I said, well, it is the I go, here's the deal. Like, I, Mahomes is, I go, Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. I wouldn't argue that. I think that, like, the best, like, Physical quarterback of all time is Patrick Mahomes, and I've been a huge fan of his since he was in high school, okay? Yeah. This guy, but then I was like, man, Josh Allen's not far behind him. And no. then I, and then he goes, well, what about Burrow? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's coming up next week, and it's insane how many good young quarterbacks there are. And, and yes, they're great, but the rules and the way the NFL is played totally. now really benefits these guys, and we can't look past that. No, I mean, you just think of the receivers – Tyree Kill is elite. If he's playing in the 80s and 90s, you know, and you can just, you know, pop him whenever you want, now he's still a freak. And it's a little bit like our Golden State Warriors yeah, versus like Ste- Chicago it Bulls. Is. It's a lot like the Steph Curry thing. Like the yeah. rules are different. Yeah. Those, those receivers now have an advantage because you can't grab and hold. And so size isn't as, as necessary as it used to be when you had to, you know, power through that stuff. And, it's a different game, but the amount of star power oh. is just off the chart. And Mahomes, again, I mean, he, a couple throws today, and Allen, both Dude, of them are no. just... It was incredible. It, and it, but it goes to show, if you don't have one of those guys, you have no chance. Like, I don't think Trent Dilfer could do it now. You know, that was always the thing. No. Oh, well, Trent Dilfer, well, Dilfer won a Super Bowl. He couldn't do it now. We watched, I mean, two really good defenses tonight, and they couldn't stay on the field with well, those offenses. Although Garoppolo... It's been pretty mediocre, and somehow the Niners are in it. But rare. I mean, you, there's those two teams are were the two best teams on the weekend. I mean, Lambeau was a disaster last night with the snow and that yeah. that impact. But point taken. Yeah, I, I just think I, it, you, give me the 49ers versus the Chiefs or the Bills, and I'll be, I'll ride fun. with the AFC team you, any day. You, the thing for the Bills is they went in 13 seconds from being the Super Bowl favorite. To now a long flight home to Buffalo. And what about the intriguing storyline that would have been the Bengals versus the, the Bills? Bills? Yeah, I'm guessing the NFL is not not. <laughs> no, they're very that. happy yeah. about this. Yeah, they get the. They're very happy. So speaking about of Burrow, I'm not. Sh- I think people know this, but probably don't know the depth of it. And then we'll get into basketball. I promise. We'll do basketball in segment but number it, two. I I just want to want to inform the folks. So 
It's well-known Joe Burrow was born in Ames. So his dad, Jim, was an assistant coach under Jim Walden and then became an assistant coach at Ames High School before coming the head coach at Ames High School. He was also an assistant coach. So I didn't know that he was the head coach there. Yeah, at Ames. He was also the assistant head coach for the Iowa Barnstormers in the summer. So he kind of pulled double duty. Um, So Joe Burrow grew up in Ames until he was five years old. And then the dad got a job at Nebraska, I think, or North Dakota State, one of the two. And then Burrow left. However, fun Iowa State fact, the Burroughs sold their house to the Arnaud family. I didn't know that. Austin Arnott. I didn't know that. And his, and his family. Wow. Um, but to connect. Longtime friend right, of Cyclone absolutely. Fanatic. We love Austin. Number four. Love the guy. Uh, but just to connect more dots, Mark Mangino and Paul Rhodes are one of the first people to offer Burrow as a junior in high school out of Athens. Who came in late to steal him? Tom Herman at Ohio State. Of course, Burrow started at Ohio State. Then he transferred after his sophomore year. Yep. And he looked at Iowa State, but a uh, little, little quarterback named Kyle Kempt was just awarded his sixth year. <laughs> and, and pretty committed, and too. And pretty committed. Yeah. And so he's like, you know what? Probably not the place for me. Now, LSU came in anyway. Yeah. Who knows if LSU and Iowa State are both offering – where you're actually going to go. probably goes to LSU, but, but who knows? There are it, absolutely Joe Burrow considered Iowa State oh, yeah. twice. Twice. Yeah. At high school, and then again when he transferred. So because of the connection back to Ames. And we all know what happens when Patrick Mahomes comes to Ames. <laughs> Gets his ass kicked. That's right. He is Joel Lanning's son. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, the Burrow thing. It, yeah, it's Burrow he's, cool. is, he's got a lot of he's lot of so swagger. much swagger, yeah. man. Yeah. Like he just. I used to not like it, like, I, but now I've really kind of yeah. fallen in love with Born it. Born at uh, Mary Greeley Hospital. <sighs> Shout out to uh, the Burrows. His his older brother also, I think, played at Nebraska. We're doing the Iowa thing, like where we try and claim everybody. I know, I know. Yeah. Like this isn't That's Kurt okay. Warner because he's definitely not Kurt Warner who spent. What but about it, Michael Waka, the pitcher from the? Yeah, it's been like two years. Yeah, like he's an Iowa. Yeah, he's one. Of oh, us. just wait. When he, he's going to Kansas City, I bet the register sends somebody down there to cover the Iowa and uh, Joe Burrow. Might as well. Yeah, we 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 we, we doesn't the University of Iowa claim Zach Johnson even though he went to Drake? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. I mean, absolutely. Well, we they might did. as well. Can we claim him? He was born in Ames. That's the problem, though, with Iowa State in the past. We just don't have the like casual. No. We never, yeah. but that's changing. It but is. that that's all that re, in reality, that's been a problem. It is with, with Iowa State in the past. Um, one thing before we get to basketball, just on that, I think I'm going to write about this and go more in depth on it. Did you watch the video of Jamie Pollard about the Cyclone Club? I did increase uh, as far as like what they're going to charge. Yep. Okay. Uh, whatever it is, it is what it is on the price. I appreciated it as a business guy because I can see what Pollard's doing here. He's trying to diversify Iowa state's revenue, not knowing what's coming down the pike with the television revenue. I get everything. Prices are going up. You got, I, I, I thought it was brilliant. Um, whatever. And it was, it was, it had been how many years since they re-tiered everything? I mean, it had been a little bit. And so just, well, and they were going to do this like two years ago yes. and then COVID, COVID hit. So you just look at the nature of inflation. I mean, I'm not not to get into politics here, but you know the money now is different than what it was ten years ago when they last did this or whenever whatever year it was. No doubt, and I just thought the video was really well done. It's just it's a leader saying, "Hey, we need this. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it." 
et cetera. I was floored with the small amount of number, uh, the number of people in the actual cycling club. Donor base? Yes. Not like the high numbers. It was kind of like whatever. I was like looking at like the $250, $100 level. Sure. I, I And I, I've never looked into it before. But it actually made me go like, man, Iowa State has done a hell of a lot. Like, it, it made what they've done more impressive to me. Yeah. Like, I thought that that number bloom, and I don't even know what it was, but the, go watch the video, guys. Yeah, I, I thought it would be like 10 times more. When yeah, you factor in how many people go to games all the time. Sure. sure. It was mind-boggling well, think, to me. I think, again, this so that you're kind of gets into my day job yes. a little bit. And so I don't deal a lot with the cycling club, but when I when I do fundraising for the Ivy College of Business, there's obviously a lot of crossover of folks who are philanthropic to both yeah. the academic side. They're and Iowa athletics, Staters. Which is great. Like we say, yeah. we are for, for all Iowa State support, you know, either whether athletics, academics, both. Like we're not in competition at all. Just put that out there. Um, but the number of cycling club donors is a little north of 6,500, okay, which okay, 6,000 – I, I would but, have thought like at least thirty thousand. See that I think that's probably a misnomer with a lot of people. It's like, well, so, there's got to be big donors out there. Because I'm just like, look at all, all these people parking in the pavement yeah. on game day. Like, sure. But uh, and if you they had Jamie had the chart in the video. Iowa State is last in the Big Twelve in annual fund donations. Okay, so Iowa State gets for the Cyclone Club each year. Okay, this 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 excludes facilities projects. So when people like the um, Stark Performance Center, yeah. the Abaugh Family Plaza, uh, the the Anderson Dining Area. Those areas are one-off projects. They're not always including that annual fund. However, Iowa State's, I think, what, 12 to 13, 14 million dollars in annual fund. Texas is north of 35 and 40. And even, even K-State, I think, did 20 last year. And so this is why, one, why you probably increase the, the numbers here, but yeah, I mean, there's that is one area where Iowa State, if it wants to be near its peers, and it clearly does, that's an area of growth that that would be needed. And so again, I I just look at it from I run two businesses, and it's like you have to be diversified all the time with your revenue, but especially when you don't know, and that's what we had to do. And and again, Pollard's running a much larger ship than we are, but like Absolutely. when when yeah. COVID hit. I had no idea with advertising in it. Luckily, we went to this premium model and it saved our ass. I can see what he's doing here. Like he, it's really smart because they don't know. Like we think that the new Big Twelve TV deal will be respectable at the very least. Yeah, but there's a lot of uncertainty out there right now, and I, I think that this is, you know, I don't think they're going to make that big of a deal out of it. But I think it's a pivotal point for Iowa Staters where if you've been on the fence, like this is yeah, the time to it. let your money, you know, I mean, $100 a year. But if, think about if 10,000 people do that, and then if another 5,000 people do the $250 one, I just think it's a pivotal point with this new television contract coming up, which Jamie mentioned a couple times in the video. That and costs are not going down no. for the coaching staff. Correct. I mean, Iowa State has had a a historic six-year period here. Matt Campbell has been rewarded. The entire staff has been rewarded for that. The money has to come from somewhere. And I think that's why... One another, know, the, the Pollard and Light District, too. Yeah, you know, so that's... that's so I was... The, they don't I, like that. I shouldn't have called it that, but... Yeah, what, what, I don't know if they have a name for it yet. They but, don't, but that's um, my name for it. 
It's going to be again. That's a way of degenerating. Actually, they do have a name for it. Town. Town, I, I think, is what it was. Is. It's something like what the Packers have done yeah. near Lambeau. But I just the, the point is, Iowa State's in a new world now. The the next ten years for college athletics are going to be really interesting. Just you've got the transfer situation. Mm-hmm. You've got name, image, likeness. You've got the realignment. And if you've ever been on that fence of, gosh, how can I help out? The best way you can help out is through the Cyclone Club, honestly. Even if you're like, well, I don't get anything for it. Perhaps that's something that Iowa State could address. If maybe they can find other benefits to, to motivate people to give. I think that's absolutely absolutely conversation. But at the end of the day, you're giving because it's a product that you care about and you want to do well. And that should be the number one motivator here. Yes, parking tickets, uh, ex- exclusive type things are great. But if you want Iowa State to compete here, sometimes it's, it, it costs a little extra. And so if you're on that fence of how can I help, that's the best way you, as a fan, can make an impact. And it's clear that Iowa State right now in the Big 12, as it currently sits, is on the bottom end for annual fund donations. And that's something that could be addressed. Yeah, that, that didn't surprise me. It was just the sheer number of donors that... Yeah, I, I mean, you think uh, 60... Th- I, so here's, just, here's where Iowa State's great, and this is why I think Iowa State could use this to its advantage in, in some capacity going forward. It's the size of the fan base, right? So you, you sell out, or you had... I think I saw this. Iowa State had the sixth highest percentage of seats occupied this year in, in college football out of the entire nation. Which like is 90, an incredible... Yeah, it's like 99.6% fact. of Iowa State's seats were filled this year, which is... Amazing from where we were 15 years ago. So that, absolutely, that's the fan base. So the next step in that is not only getting the, the tickets for the games, but then also contributing a little bit on the donor side. And I think it'll come. As the Iowa State fan base has grown, the alumni Completely base is growing, agree. it'll get there. But you've got a lot of folks in our era, right, who have season tickets now, but they haven't really done the whole donor thing yet. Probably thinking, oh, there's other bigger donors out there. That'll help. Well, ultimately, if Iowa State wants to move forward, it's going to take, you know, uh, the, 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 a bigger tide r- raises all boats here. Iowa State's got to do it from almost a crowdfunding source. There are not. <laughs> the Bernie Sanders these, yeah. taking $1 well, it donations. It really, I mean, no, I get there's it. Just, there's not a bunch of oil tycoons. You're right. That, that, that the Texas schools can have. We've I mean, got I, engineers, veterinarians. Like, and, we don't have lawyers, listen, doctors. My day job, I deal with a lot of successful people that have been very generous to Iowa State. But it's just, you're, you're talking about scale here. Where does Iowa State's advantage? It's in the scale and the size of the alumni base. Yeah. And so even those $50, $100, $250 annual gifts make a big difference over time. And again, I mean, Iowa State's not not a poverty, not in poverty here. I mean, they've, they've done no. well. Matt Campbell's getting a generous salary. But if your question is how does Iowa State compete and continue to compete at that high level? Though that's that's the easiest way a fan can contribute in and the short term. I get it. Like in this is your world, not mine. The probably not worth chasing a bunch of one hundred dollar donors. There's Try only it. so much staff, yeah. in the athletic department it, to 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 do that. I mean, I think that they could head up like a call to action. We need ten thousand new Cyclone Club donors. And, and you come up with, like, referrals. I, I have no idea yeah. what it is. Maybe it's like if if you're a referral, you get to go to a football scrimmage or, or what. But, sure. like, I just 
I know how it is with like advertisers. It's once once I have them, they don't generally like to leave because I think I do a really good job of taking care of them. And if yep. you can get ten thousand people giving two hundred dollars a month, and then like you, they feel like they're appreciated, and then maybe they get a raise, and then they want better tickets, tickets and yep. like I, that, you're right. But that, but Pollard like has done that in so many other ways. Like I don't want to speak critical because like I talk about the tailgate tour all the time. Like there's so many kids who are probably in the Cyclone Alley right now who went to a tailgate tour that weren't even an Iowa State fan. Yep. There's a lot going on to it. So I just there, I yeah, think that there's a market out there to grow this. It's bigger, and then I need to give kudos to my the colleagues that do work in um, the athletic department on the fundraising side. Sure, the annual fund is is what we talked about, but the facilities projects which aren't generally counted there. I mean, just think about all the things that have been oh, done at Iowa God, State yeah. that took. That's where the time has been concentrated, and I you could it. argue that's probably for the benefit. And those people are listening to us right now, like rolling their eyes, and we're not trying to be this. No, I just, I'm just saying, like I, I've never looked at this. I've never cared. It's not my deal. I do. I cover the teams. When those numbers went onto that screen, I couldn't believe how low they were. Yep. That's that's all I'm saying. Like I just I I'm not it. criticizing anyone. I couldn't believe how low it was. And, and honestly, if if people have questions, I'm 100 percent happy to either try and answer them or connect them to somebody who can. Yeah, there's don't very, come to me. There's a very helpful staff. That <laughs> it's did, not my but, job. But I mean, if you think okay, you know, I haven't been asked. I'd like to do something. Try and get in touch with somebody at the cycling club. They will help you out. Like there, yeah. it's it's hard. I mean, it's it's a it's a smaller staff. And again, they're dealing with. It doesn't make to, sense for them to be like just random dialing yeah, they, for hundred dollars. Exactly, you don't yeah. want them cold calling people for a hundred dollars. That just doesn't. That's not a, a benefit of time there. Correct. That. But zero efficiency with that. If you You'd are probably hang up on them if they did that. If you are interested, I mean, there there are ways. I'd be happy to help connect. And anyway, the, they will not turn you away. Let's just put it that way. And it's a, it's a big deal for Iowa State if it wants to continue to grow and move forward and be competitive in this new Big 12. And I think Iowa State, and we've talked about this, can be as competitive as any other school in this new league once Texas and Oklahoma leave. But you can't do it. You know UCF's going to be fired up. You know Cincinnati's fired up with the recent success they've yeah. had. Houston's got some big money down there. BYU is a national program. Like, you are you can't just do it with the same old, same old. Like, you got to – it's got to be a, a group effort here, in my yeah. opinion, yeah. to really move that – Move that that bar higher. All right. Um, good. good Sorry, conver- I got on a soapbox. No, there, that's so. great conversation. I I hope that people go and watch that video. Yes, if you that's have number it one thing is watch watch that video. And then again, there's there's ways that I, I think um, you know the cycling club can get more creative. I think they will. But uh, ultimately, if I will you lead, help, if I will you lead the out, effort for two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year in <laughs> Iowa State benefits. If you want to help out. Um, <laughs> They're not going to ignore you. They won't ignore you at Gravitate Coworking either, folks. Uh, helpful smile and every uh, – that's high V. sorry. Uh, what do we got? Um, trying to think of different slogans to use. Uh, coming up here, I believe in a few weeks, Gravitate East Village. You can go to gravitatecoworking.com, click on that for details, find out about all the different meeting spaces, locations that they have. What is co – uh, working, uh, well, it's a big deal. Uh, they got Gravitate Cedar Falls that's blowing up over there. Uh, again, we the East Village one will be right above Raygun, but you can have anything from a mailbox to your entire like a huge office. They got free coffee. I believe they have beer on Fridays. As might, they should. Might have beer. Um, any day. Any day. I don't. Yeah. Know. I don't know. But anyways, um, 
Check them out today at gravitatecoworking.com. Uh, listen up at the end of this podcast, uh, our message, a message from the Iowa Clinic today. Um, I This is really good. We're going to tag it at the end of this. Okay. I interviewed an urgent care doctor this week about what the hell do you do when your kid <laughs> has a hundred degree, hundred fever? Like, do I, do, yeah. do, do I have to get them COVID tested? Do I take them to my primary doc? Well, I probably can't get in cause everything's full. Do I need to wait for three hours in urgent care? When do I go to the ER? Brutal. Like there's so much like stuff right now. And I thought it would be a good idea to get one of these guys on the phone and help our audience with that, man. Cause we talk about it. So we're going to, we're going to put that at the end of the podcast tonight. It's like a 20 minute interview. I also put it on the Chris Williams podcast feed. If you want to go find that wherever you find your podcast, it's really good stuff. The Dr. Goble from uh, West Des Moines is phenomenal. Creighton guy, uh, big Danny Mac, not Danny Mac, uh, Greg Mac. We got too many Macs. Speaking of, he had COVID. Yeah, I saw saw that. Yeah. Yeah. He was live tweeting the game. (laughs) which is a great Greg McDermott thing. Uh, But anyways, um, so check that out uh, coming up at the end of the program. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, what the hell? Uh, lost to TCU, scored 44 Oof. points, the small, the worst output in the history of Hilton Coliseum as far as scoring goes. Man, that, long week. I won't lie. That game, I was really nervous before that game. Ten minutes in, I was terrified. But um, it was a situation where, you know, TCU – one is good. Like it's not like yeah, they suck. And simply a tournament team. Yeah. They don't they don't suck. And then two, I think Iowa State Bloom just watching them, they look tired. Like I, I think that I'm not making an excuse for them. They look beat down. I hope they can bounce back. I can't promise it. They looked beat down. This is what I was a little com- afraid of. The first six games I think took a lot out of this team. I mean, I, I think that's a fair thought. And a couple things stuck out to me. Number one, clearly, is the point total and then three-point shooting. What did I – I mean, two for – 26. Yeah, you're just not – like, you're done at that point. That team should never shoot 26 threes. Right, but so but, – But there's scouting going on, and it's forcing it's them – scouting, and also, yeah. when you get fatigued, a couple things go. Your three-point shooting. Want Three-point shooting, but then you're a little less aggressive trying to attack. Yep. Like, you're just, all right, well, I'll just settle no for doubt. this. But the other part, which is as alarming for me – if you talk to TJ before the year, he told, like, we're just going to go through stretches on offense. We're not very good. But the things that can be consistent, number one, we have to take care of the ball. Number two, we have to turn them over. And you looked at this week, Chris. This is what's the, the, the troublesome part, potentially. Potentially, against one week, could be an outlier. The two lowest turnover created games of all year for Iowa State came this week. 11 against Tech, 12 against TCU. Two lowest totals all year, which means this you're not is, you're not active. You're not as active. Yeah. And and credit both of those schools for taking care of the ball. But Tech and TCU coming into those games, two of the worst in the Big Twelve in turnover percentage, as far as they turned it over a lot before those two games. They didn't to get against Iowa State. 
So that means not only are you not, uh, you, maybe that's a little fatigue there, but then you're not getting the easy baskets going the other way. I mean, contrast that with the Texas game a week ago. Cyclones created, what, 21? And, you know, they had four, five, six runouts that were easy layups. And so you make Iowa State try and score in the half court, it's going to be a problem. They need the turnovers that lead to offense. This week they didn't get it at all. I mean, I mean, there's almost zero of yep, that, yep. and it just makes it very difficult. So it all plays in together. I think it comes back a little bit to some tired legs there. They're not as active defensively to force those turnovers. And then Iowa State just cannot have, and Jared wrote about it, the live ball turnovers that turn into dunks on the other end. I mean, TC was like plus 16, it felt like, in turnovers, yeah. points off turnovers. That ball guy huh. who kind of came out of nowhere felt like he had – yeah. 16 of his own just in dunks off runouts. Like, that's – those are preventable things that obviously it has to be better at, and they were not on Saturday. And, you know, it's like, gosh, it's not going to get a whole lot easier, but you got to figure this out because this team is not a great jump-shooting team, and they've now sat on Rockington's left hand, and so they just got to find and another scouting so much yeah, better it's now. really you're, – you're playing Hall, Hall of Famers night in, night out. Yeah. And so – they're going to be good. You've got to either create turnovers that lead to runouts or start making some jump shots. Okay, that's really inside basketball, and it's great analysis. Yeah, Let me sorry. give you a really a, basic... I nerded out. There. No, it's great. It's really good. The majority of our audience loves that for the part that it went over their head. Like, <laughs> Grill and Kalsher can't be this bad. You know, like, just to very much simplify everything. Yeah. They ha- and, and I'll throw Hunter into the mix, too, like yeah. offensively. So one of those three like, has to they, be something. Those guys can't combine to go, like, two for 20 or whatever the hell they were. No. Like, that. it's a very simple fix. It's I, I, I haven't done this, but I would venture to guess on the games that Grill or Kalsher are in double figures, Iowa State's probably undefeated. Yep. I, I, w- I would guess. It's got to be. I mean, Just off the, the top the of my Kansas head. game, Kalsher had a good game. And you probably should have won that game. Probably should have won that game. You know, that's a... The offense was fine, generally. The other deal, and now I'll put my glass half full um, mask on, is I've never covered a team that doesn't have like a bad week and a half, two-week stretch at some point during the season. This team is clearly in its now. Timing-wise, it would make sense after that grind. I would encourage all fans to go. This isn't that far away from the team that almost that that did win. That really should have won in Allen Fieldhouse, right? Like, so to like completely just write them off on Wednesday against Oklahoma State seems foolish to me. Very well, could lose that game. Oklahoma State's really good, but that they're not just gonna. This is yeah, the same group. Like, I, they're not going to just cave. I have full faith in TJ and this staff to get them right and get them back into this thing. They've had stretches on offense like this all year. Yes. They won the Creighton game. Okay, they got out of there. Great point. Big That's a really half. good one. That yeah. first half was miserable. Figured it out. I actually talked to Dr. Goble about that. Got we it. About that game. And then Creighton was, was just as bad, which was yeah. helpful. Yeah. You score 47 points against Jackson State, which is yeah, you pretty bad. Yeah, you called that game. Um, you've had games where just, the offense is not very good. Now, the Tech game. You won that game, so you've yeah. won some of these. Like This, yeah. is, a, this is not an offense that's going to just beat you with offense. It you got to get help, and when the other team is is not turning the ball over, it's just going to be a tough time. So, again, it has to come all together. Iowa State has shown, though, to be a very good defensive team when locked in, and there were possessions against TCU where they were very good. 
just to not create the turnovers to get baskets. So I obviously need simple things. And a couple questions that stood out to me. Number one, trying to figure out the pulse play is 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 just it's been perplexing with running Condit and Jones out of the high post a little bit. Maybe get a little more creative with what they're doing out of there. You can't have Jones out of the high post, yeah, especially. It's just, it's, and, and then Condit turned it over like three times out of there. And she's like, man, you just that's something you got to do better at. But two, what's going on with Anaruna? Because yeah, you know, know he there were times where he was really good, and I think he's one of those those game changing types. Where, but what did he play? Fourteen minutes Saturday. Like he seems like once he's out, yeah, he, well, he come just back checks out. And, yeah, so so I think Gabe or Gabe Tristan's one of those guys that look to get him in more. I understand what TJ was doing there when the offense is that bad. I think your first instinct is I need more shooters on the floor. Which means well, when you get down double digits, yeah, you need threes, and so that means you get you get Jazz in, you get get Caleb in, you got Trey in there. When I was it made a run, it was with those three on the floor, and then it just fell flat really Jazz quick. Jazz is in a funk right now, so they just. So I think that's why Tristan kind of got pulled at that one point, but then didn't really get back in there, and so he has that upside though that I think when he's good um, can make an impact. But then that means you're taking Jazz off the floor, so trying to figure out some rotational things. And I think at this point, this was one of those, um, you know, checkup type weeks. It's like, okay, let's reassess, figure it out. We don't want to throw everything out because we've had a lot of success with what we're doing, but have to find other ways to manufacture some points in offense. Doesn't it feel like this is the first, like, time this team has really been challenged? No, absolutely. Because the the non-conference was so great. You're just you. You have zero expectations now. The expectations have gotten high. There's some disappointment in the room. Yep. How this do you is the bounce first, back? This is the first gut check time for this group. And Kirk Holland, our buddy, I'm glad he's writing now. Yeah, on he's, Friday. he's back, great, baby. Good to have Holland back in the mix. But he had a great tweet. I think it was Tim Floyd originally said, "You have two weeks as a team when you're great. You have two weeks when you're miserable. It's the rest of those weeks that tell your story." This is one of those stretches where Iowa State's been terrible. They've had those weeks that have been great. What is it going to be like going forward? So, again, every week you hope to go one and one. The rest of the way you'll still make the tournament if that's the case. But uh, this week, hopefully two and zero oh because you get Missouri at home, which is a that's one of those games you got to get. I'm getting, uh I'm glad you brought up Jackson State though because that was a harsh reminder as to how bad the offense has been in a lot of the wins. Well, and even, what was it? Uh, the Kennesaw State game was similar. That was the first game of the year. Alabama but. State, Iowa State goes, what, one for 20 from yeah. three? Like, they've done this before. This should not be a surprise. No, actually, this is funny. I don't think he'll mind me saying it. It was after they won at the Memphis game, right? So everybody's mm-hmm. just sky high. And TJ, I was calling it for, you guys were all back with football. Yep, and TJ sits down, and I was like, "Congrats!" Just won the NIT tip off. Yeah, and I yeah. go, "You know, you're going to be in the top 25 next week, right?" And he looks at me, and he goes, "We're the same team that was tied with Alabama State going into the <laughs> yeah. four and under." That's true. And that's how he looks at. It. I talked to him last night on his and like, "There's no panic." Like, no, and I think he realizes probably. I, I would guess that they would be a little lighter in practice yeah. leading up to Wednesday, and you know, you make adjustments, but they look. Tired as much I thought mentally as physically well, we, yeah, when, on when, Saturday. When you're somebody like Brockington, who you've been getting everything you want going left, and now you can't go there anymore, it's yeah. very frustrating because he has never been the top of a scouting report Correct. in his life. Now he is. 
So they're sending two and guys. And you got no him. help. Yeah, and it's I mean, like, it's, correct. So it's just it's a very like mentally the, exhausting for Isaiah right now. Yeah, sure. and like when your teammates they had open threes. Like there was a lot now, of granted. Open shots. I don't want this team settling for twenty six threes again this year, but like it's not like they're all awful. No, they were not. <laughs> they're just, and the problem is they're not even close. Like there's a lot of them are just bricks, you know. And it just it's really disheartening I, to I, watch. And I, I could see, yeah, why Brockington, but like he's, I think he's got a pretty good head on his shoulder. Yeah, I, they all do. I don't think this is a team that's going to just you know tuck its tail in and run, but. Uh, ultimately, you got to get some easier baskets. Either, is that through manufacturing them from the defensive end to offense, or doing a better job in the half court? I mean, this this is an Iowa State team that has never been great in the half court this year. They just haven't. It doesn't even in the non conference. There were times where you're like, "Woof, what are we doing?" But the defense was good enough; it didn't matter. Now you're facing talented teams that are even better defensively to make it look even worse, and you get in this this situation where you score what was 104 points this week. Which is the worst, Ugh. the worst two-game stretch in Big Twelve play, C Dub, since uh, two thousand nine, when uh, Brian Peterson was running the point. Oh, Sean, thanks, Sean Halasko is your two guard. Appreciate you bringing that yeah, one up. I looked that up today. Um, the problem is, eh, I'm getting a little annoyed with people it, who are like comparing him to Virginia because their tempo is not that slow. Like, no. That's the difference with this Iowa State team. It's like <laughs> they want if they could run, they would love to run. Yeah, if they get the stops to and do, they're it. at one eighty-seven on yeah, tempo. That's fine. But it's like it's a lot just because they score a lot. Like you know what I mean? Like I've heard that a lot. Well, the, so then the other thing is they're like, not what, like that. They're not doing that. What I've heard is like, do we have a? Can we just throw in the pulse? Then it's like unfortunately, no. who there's just not a pulse guy that's going to get you and something back. to the I love George Condit. Like I'm probably his biggest fan. He can't not foul. So what? And he's in every game now. Much better team when he's on the floor. But the problem is he is incapable of not fouling at it's this point in his career. He's just it's it's the truth, and it sucks. And they're asking him to play hard. Yeah, and he is, he and is. he's yep. so much better than he was. They are a significantly better team when he's on the floor. Yes. But the problem is he's got two fouls. Seems like what do you under do? Ten. Yep. You know, and then when you get that, then you're tight and like you're not really the same player and. It's it's frustrating. I, I don't know what the answer is though. Yeah, you don't. You can't. You can't sign a guy. You know, you're not not making a trade. Yeah, you know, this is the team that that you have. I mean, that would be a really big start for this team if George could stay out of foul, foul trouble. trouble and then give you a little something offensively. You know, going and and I think George is skilled enough, and he's had a couple moves this year. It's like okay, yeah, that would help. Hooks. Yep. But what is what does Ken Palm have for Wednesday? Um. Ken Palm has Oklahoma State by two. Ken Palm now has Iowa State seven and eleven. Yeah. Here's the thing though, like about this, like we we talked about the home court thing all year. Okay, yeah. so you lose the TCU. Nobody saw that coming. You just have to win at Oklahoma State, at Texas, at West Virginia, at TCU. Like any of those are realistic. Just to grab the one yeah. from the loss Saturday. Yeah. You know? And like, ultimately seven and eleven, you're still in the NCAA tournament. Correct. Like, uh, I, I mean, think this team can still do it. Now, this probably resets the expectations this week a little bit of okay. Yeah, instead of a the Big Twelve seed. championship is yeah, you know, we're not we're not there now. Can we just get a seven seed? Just get in somehow. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Which is probably a, would be a minor miracle from expectations. It's a but again, expectations are a crazy thing. 
well, and they and we're being tested with that right now. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Oklahoma State game is a big game. This is a big week, though. You can't go 0-2 this week. No, no doubt about no. that. We don't have point spreads, but I thought we'd look ahead to the Big 12 Conference this week. It's been a fun week. You're a fun league, man. I, yeah, I'm really enjoying the year. Um, I was enjoying it more before last week. It's a, it's big Monday's back. Yeah, how about how about K State just blowing? She many Christmas. At least we're not. There. How would you like to be a K State fan right now? Uh, Texas cool. Tech at Kansas on Big Monday. That'll be a good game. I you know is anybody playing better than Tech right now? Are they the best team in the league right they now? They about lost yesterday to West Virginia at home. Like they were very average. Kansas is playing. They were as back. good as they anybody. Were I think that game back. will be wild. I I would uh, Kansas will be a four to five point favorite. Probably. Tuesday night we've got Kansas State at Baylor. We have yeah. Texas at TCU. TCU had more guys than I thought they had. Uh, Texas pulled one out of their ass on Saturday too. It did. It did. Boy, Fran Fraschillo was just giving them the business yes. in, until they flipped it on. I mean, is I, one to ten though? Nothing surprises me. Wednesday night we have Oklahoma at West Virginia, and we have Iowa State at Oklahoma State. Another Big Twelve you know, it, it, uh, now ESPN Plus game for the Cyclones. Oklahoma is now offensively just gone in the tank after they shot like eighty percent against Iowa State in the second half. That game, they can't make a thing. Win that game. I know. That one and then the Kansas game that followed. The problem with the Kansas game, and which I'm afraid I'm looking at like a 10 year span, like you just don't give them any opportunities to win there. Won there one time in the last, yeah. So, like, when you're right there and that happens the way that it did, it just is really disheartening, very much so. All right, um, and tough one for the tough week for the women, too. Yeah, that's where I was going oh, next. Oh, man. You go from wanting to take a stranglehold on the Big 12 to really not being close in either. Granted, Wednesday night, you're without the Jones sisters. Um, what? Let's see how you bounce. I didn't have a great feeling after Wednesday about today. Let's see how they bounce back this week. Yeah. This is a gut check time for this team as well. And Baylor just... Against Baylor, you got to pick your poison, and normally the poison is let's defend the post and hope they don't shoot the three ball. And I think they made like twelve of them today. It's they like were you got no chance. Then I'm doing the game Wednesday on TV, so um, Kansas is much better. Who so do they got on Kansas. Kansas? Okay, so Kansas, who has not made an NCAA tournament in the women's side since 2014, I believe. They would be in right now. So they've had a couple nice wins. They've done a good job rebuilding that thing. So how are that's they, a tough game. How is that program, like, with their facilities and stuff it's that they share with point. the men, like, how do they not get better? They don't draw anybody. Um, it's weird calling a game in Allen Fieldhouse with nobody there. It's strange. It's because yeah. like, there's 19,000 seats, yeah. and there's just it's like a cavernous place. Yeah. But he's come, he's come up with a strategy um, to recruit internationally. Yeah. So they've used actually the Kansas brand internationally, which has had more of an impact. And so if you look at their roster, C-Dub, they've got like five internationals and I think three starters that are international players. So they've done a nice job there. And they beat Baylor already this year, the Kansas women's team. So and then the young lady from Kansas State set an NCAA gosh, record today. Yeah. What did, I mean? 61 points in a game. Iowa State let her score 38 somewhat strategically. Yeah. Oklahoma was playing a zone. And she still got 60. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, 
I know Oklahoma does not have any bigs, but come on. You got to do a little better than that. So it's Kansas on Wednesday, 630. Uh, damn it. So those games are going to overlap. Yep. And then um, Texas Tech on – man, they, those games will overlap because the men are at 1 o'clock tip. Against Missouri, women are twelve thirty tip against Texas Tech and, and Lubbock. Lubbock. Yep, big week for the women. I mean, if you want to win the Big Twelve, gotta you, go you two. Gotta, you got to win them both. Got to go two and zero this oh. week, no doubt about it. I know, that. Uh, frustrating week for them. I mean, obviously Texas, you want to have your full roster and didn't without the Jones, and then always tough to go down to Waco and kind of. Uh, I think for both teams, Chris, it's. I'm, you're glad this happened on January 23rd yeah. and not March 1st. It's a reset week. Like, we figure out, gut check, everything is not going to be all nice and peachy and see what kind of toughness and resiliency you have. For what it's worth to the men, by far, have the easiest schedule in the Big 12 the rest of the way, for whatever that means. Uh, but that's what the numbers say. Uh, but that was including TCU, yeah. a game you should have won on Saturday. Yep. And um, so, we're, no we're real competitive there. Uh, not at all. <laughs> My daughter Cameron could not believe the Cyclones only scored 44 points. It's <laughs> all she cares about. She doesn't watch anything There's other the than numbers. The, the numbers on the scoreboard. And she had a very frustrating Saturday and so Sunday watching is, the Cyclones. Why is that number not going up? She said, she goes, why is, <laughs> she said this today. It was pretty, know, pretty smart of her, actually. She goes, why is Baylor always so good? <laughs> It's a but question she, we all want to know. It's like ha- they're good in everything. What kind of deal did they make? Yeah, it's with all the bad things that they've I done. And then they're, 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 they're just, championship. they just keep winning. Multiple. Have you watched the Scott Drew thing on ESPN? No. Plus, I, I haven't watched it either, but I love Scott Drew, so I was thinking I might, I, might dig into that. But it, it's a lot easier to dig into that when you're ranked in the top 15. Yeah, I just don't want to see Scott Drew right yeah, now. Yeah, now I, he's, I don't need his enthusiasm. And then they win the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, I don't need his. over Baylor. And then they kept Dave Aranda. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Here we are. All right. um, With all of that, uh, you good? Anything else? Any other meat to pick off the bone here? No. It's all live to next week. One week at a time. One week at a time. That's Brent Bloom. I'm Chris Williams. All right. Coming up right now. Uh, I promise you that interview with this Iowa Clinic urgent care doctor, Dr. Goebel. This is really good, guys. I specifically asked questions that I thought could benefit our audience. I, th- I think, and he was fantastic. Uh, let's listen to that to wrap up this week's Sunday pod. All right, guys. Uh, I teased this earlier on in the show, and I'm really excited. I think this is going to be really good information for our audience. We'll take a five, ten minute break from Cyclone Talk here. Uh, for really important information and uh, a really good guy who I'm going to bring on and hopefully he can help some of you and your families right now. I mean, I'm a young dad. I've got a six-year-old and a two-year-old, so I'm kind of going through all this at first, but it's so bizarre. Like, you just don't know. Um, Your kid comes home with a sneeze and you're, oh, they got COVID. You know, and everybody, you turn on the TV and it's everywhere. But I recently had my daughter in the hospital Without COVID, it wasn't COVID that put her in there. And then I got COVID uh, again. I'm triple vax, got it, didn't know I had it, wouldn't have known I had it had I not been traveling. And I think that uh, Dr. Goebel here uh, from the Iowa Clinic, he is at the West Lakes location at the Iowa Clinic. Really good guy, really knowledgeable guy. And I want him to help us sift through some of this so maybe we can help 
uh, some people out there who who don't know what to do. So first of all, Dr. Goble, I know it's crazy in your world right now. Thank you so much for the time. How are you today, my friend? Oh, I'm doing very well. Thank you for having us on. Okay, real quick, before we get into some of these real-world things in my life that hopefully other people can learn from, when do you go... So your, your kid's sick, right? We'll just play it like this. We're, or anybody. Uh, you're sick. Um, it's not something where five years ago you probably would have been freaking out to get to the doctor, but now we live in a different world. When do we go to urgent care? When do we go to an emergency room? When do we call our primary care physician? Because I think that the, the primary care physicians are so busy right now, right? Like in the, in these, the urgent care, I feel so bad for the people working in the urgent care uh, with the amount of weights. How, how would you advise families out there with that simple question? And that is a wonderful question. We run into this truly every day, uh, almost all day long. And the world that we live in right now has completely changed. I mean, uh, as you alluded to five years ago, Uh, People wouldn't come in for some of the concerns that they have now, Uh, COVID being the biggest one that we deal with of, uh, I'm sick, I don't feel well, or, uh, I mean, the the common stuff stays common, common cold, common injuries, uh, or something, God forbid, even worse. Um, uh, So we run into this situation quite a bit. What we uh, in urgent care still kind of hold hold to uh, our scale is uh, if you have a relationship with your primary doc, um, uh, or nurse practitioner, physician assistant, uh, to contact their team. First of all, if you have any questions, that's uh, still standard uh, at this point as your go-to. Granted, as you alluded to it also, as they are overwhelmed, this, this uh, medical uh, community as a whole just has a lot of questions, a lot of uh, issues coming up to them, and they might not have time to be able to see you uh, or uh, something. Of sort. And that's really where we come into play in urgent care. Uh, illnesses, urinary tract infections, mild, uh, minor cuts, uh, broken bones without major deformities, um, uh, and any of these illness uh, type things, questions about COVID, questions about respiratory status, I've got a cough, I have sinus pressure, headaches, um, those kind of things uh, are kind of our standard go-to. At the Iowa Clinic, we have a little bit more resources available to us in terms of we can give IV fluids and we can do advanced blood work for abdominal pains. We have uh, imaging available. So we can uh, definitely work people up and give them at least a direction uh, in terms of those kind of uh, questions um, or uh, concerns that they would have. Uh, I can't make the promise to anybody that uh, through our, uh, through our workup process we don't end up having to send you to the hospital because there are times where uh, we don't have the setup, the uh, availability of uh, either imaging or something of the sort um, to be able to completely uh, finish the workup and diagnosis along with the plan. Uh, so there are times where we have to transfer people to the hospital for uh, larger workups or more emergent concerns such as strokes, bad breaks, bad lacerations, uh, heart attacks, uh, those kind of things. So um, uh, going back to what you said, it's a a good first step uh, in this whole process is just asking your primary doc if if they uh, could see you or if uh, an urgent care is available. There's also times where the uh, um, regular doctor is not available after hours or on weekends, and that's where really we come into play. Uh, We're always happy to see all comers. Again, there's uh, always a chance, however, that we would have to send the more urgent or more acute things to the hospital. Well, you guys have the great resource that I'm always pushing my 
listeners to it, iowaclinic.com, where you can go and look at the urgent care wait times, which is huge when you have a, you know, a kid or a toddler and you don't want to be in that lobby for a couple hours. And then I've done this probably five times and you get a text message and it's like, head on over. Um, And it's, that's a really, really great resource. So the situation I had, Doc, I've had a couple real world ones. My my life has been filled with sickness for the last like five six weeks. It seems like longer. Let me let me ask you this real quick, because um, my daughter is a two year old who goes to a daycare center. Right? There's a lot of people out there in this world. Are are they sicker than normal? Like I swear, like we all took off the masks in the spring or whatever because we got the the vaccine. Like I swear that it, she's sicker than normal. Like it's every week or am i just imagining like or am i just being dramatic have you seen that you are not crazy we see this all the time i mean if you just look at it your body uh and all of us are typically used to just encountering uh viruses throughout the community uh if not on a daily basis on a weekly basis and it constantly keeps your immune system just a little bit in check just ready for whatever gets thrown at us uh, not that any of us liked it last or the year and a half uh, preceding all of this, but uh, we, uh, in isolation and wearing masks and everything else, we just weren't exposed to a lot of stuff for a year, year and a half. Okay. So all of a sudden, when you get re-exposed to this stuff, your body that kind of got a little bit lazy or just kind of forgot that that kind of stuff is out there uh, is not prepped for it, and it just hits you harder. So you're not crazy. We see this all the time, and as I've said, uh, daycares and nurse uh, the uh, child care wonderful uh, but sometimes kids just have a tendency to pass this on to other kids and kids do get sick a little more frequently uh there it's not like they're uh they like to spread that kind of stuff so you are not crazy we are seeing the exact same thing so okay and that's where my my daughter elise comes into it it was christmas day my wife is a veterinarian so she's she knows enough about all this medical stuff to be really dangerous right oftentimes <laughs> she knows too much and it um it breeds anxiety and whatnot, but, um, she did, she picked up on it really well. And I, and I'm very blessed that, that we're very blessed that she did, that my daughter was starting to struggle to breathe, um, about midday on Christmas day where her, um, very deep, like it, you know, where you could see her rib cage and all that stuff. And it, and it, it had gotten to the point where that night where it was, it was really, really scary. So we took her to the ER uh, they admitted they're really sightseeing, like, a, and it was getting, it was getting really scary. And they kept her for a couple nights, whatever. Um, basically, we were told that she had tested positive for um, a rhinovirus, a, a type of coronavirus that's not COVID, and then some other virus. I'm not even sure. This is this would be more my wife would need to talk to you about it. Um, <laughs> but the, basically, we were given like, well, her body's been so beat down because she's been sick for for so long, and her body just needs a little help, a little boost, whatever. She was fine. Um, 24 hours into it, you know, after having oxygen, all that stuff, she, she was basically just like a kid with a bad cold. And we're very blessed that, uh, we got the care that, that we did. Um, where I, where I lead that to you is I'm positive that I had what she had, right? Cause I was sick for like two weeks before that. And I couldn't get over whatever this thing was. I was working from home and I was doing just fine. It, it wasn't anything that had me sleeping all day or, anything like that. Um, my, my question is of all this stuff going around, cause everybody's sick, right? And the urgent cares are full and, and, and uh, every, and healthcare is overwhelmed. Med- medical, um, you know, hospital beds are full. 
how much of it's COVID and how much of it's this other stuff? Because I was surprised. I thought my kid had COVID, but she didn't. It was some other deal. Uh, and that's, that's a tough question. And again, uh, coming back to it, we get this every day. Um, uh, the Iowa Department of Public Health uh, does actually uh, uh, put something on the Internet that gives kind of a breakdown of what's coming through, uh, especially central Iowa, in terms of what viruses are out there, uh, infectious diseases. And surprisingly, COVID uh, doesn't always top that list of even the most common things. The regular cough and cold, something called human metanumavirus, parainfluenza, um, uh, respiratory syncytial virus, so RSV in kiddos. Uh, that's all floating around. And here's the tough part. And I think that um, you guys are unfortunately a perfect example of this is they all mirror each other. Uh, it's not like you can walk into a room and say, well, right off the bat, I know this is COVID versus the common cold or everything else. They all have very similar presentations. And the tough part is uh, people uh, with the same virus can react completely differently. So some people have a very mild cough and cold or barely any symptoms at all. And other people are really having a tough time, um, uh, just like your daughter struggling to breathe and everything else. So that's um, the tough part uh, is just differentiating what it is. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, we still say you're, uh, no matter what this is, people are still sick. And whether it's COVID or something else, we still play by the rules uh, after uh, we give a diagnosis or try to at least exclude some things. Uh, uh, another common question we get is, what do we do? Um, and a lot of it is uh, uh, viral supportive care, the fluids and uh, the fever reducers, if there's a high uh, fever, and it goes down to the end of the day, is, uh, especially with kids, parents know their kid the absolute best. We can uh, see a kid for five or 10 minutes, uh, but we don't get the full picture. As a dad, uh, 2 a.m. is different than uh, 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I see the kids in my office. So anytime a parent says, I think my kid is not drinking, I'm worried about how they're acting, they're struggling to breathe, uh, parents know their kids the best. And in those situations, especially, uh, what you guys did is 100% the right uh, move is to take them probably to the pediatric emergency department where this is all they deal with every day long or all day long every day. And uh, I think you guys are spot on. So good work. And I'm glad your uh, little one's doing better. Uh, she's she's doing great. Now, let me tell you about my deal. <laughs> so we were going to Jamaica. We had this trip planned for a while now and you have to have the negative COVID test to to go on a trip where it turns out it's not a great idea to travel internationally during a worldwide pandemic. Learn the hard way. Um, I had So I had had whatever this deal that had Elise in the hospital, and I hadn't felt well for a really long time, but so I was just kind of used to not feeling well. I had tested negative for COVID probably four or five times. So it really wasn't on my radar. I go off to the bowl game to cover the bowl game. I was I was feeling a little bit better, um, but I still had just weird symptoms, a little bit of a cough, but nothing like nothing bad. Like it, it just whatever. I test positive for COVID out of nowhere prior to going to this trip because we we had to do it. We and by the way, here's another shout out to the Iowa Clinic. You guys do the asymptomatic. Uh, you. you got that little office building down in West Des Moines, which Uh is great for people who are traveling and and stuff like that. Um, That was the resource that told me that I had tested positive. Um, With this new variant, like, I don't know. I just feel like just, just off of my experience. So then real quick, doc, we're down in Jamaica. Uh, We did get to go. We had to delay the trip a little bit, but once I had tested negative and and all that stuff, we, we were able to get down there. 
And what I saw was um, spectacular, not in a good way, but they basically have like a COVID ward for Mm -hmm. COVID people down in Jamaica. And when we got there, I mean, I don't know, I'm estimating five or six people. When we left, I bet it was close to 50 and we were only there for five days. This thing was just running through uh, this resort, and I was saying to my wife, I'm like, I don't know how this is sustainable for this resort to even stay open because you have to have a negative COVID test to come back to the United States. Um, it was really bizarre to watch this this um, this new variant spread. Uh, it's not really a question to you, but that that was my observation. Like it, th- this thing is very mysterious. I guess is where I would it, land. It is. It's a very contagious variant of this COVID virus, and uh, you speak. Uh, uh, about your uh, experience in Jamaica, it's something that personally we deal with. Uh, had dealt with my brother uh, lives in India, and he came back for the holidays. And uh, through our rapid testing, just like you did, uh, the PCR that comes back uh, within a couple of days, he tested positive and he was asymptomatic. And we are pretty sure that he had the Omicron variant, so he delayed his trip back to uh, India had some negative tests and that's when uh, international travel completely changed. Wow. And he sent pictures uh, of those army style barracks. And he said, once I get into India, if I test positive on the rapid machine, I am sitting uh, in this whole, what looks like a gymnasium filled with beds and oxygen tanks. And he's like, that's where I am for 10 to 14 days Man. if I test positive. So we, we played that tough game of let's make sure you don't have it before you get back and take every precaution you can on the flight. So I, <laughs> I know what you're saying, man. Yeah, it's uh, just just everybody, it's a weird deal where you're trying to be responsible and you're trying to do what's good of the public and then you're still trying to live your life at the same time. And uh, Doc, uh, do, you, do you have anything else? I think this is phenomenal information. Uh, I really hope that our uh, audience takes something from it. I know that they will. W- would you give any further advice here before before we hang up? Like I said, this world is kind of a tricky uh, thing to navigate right now. Uh, In terms of illness specifically, which seems to dominate everything, uh, we are always there for you. Um, uh, The emergency departments, if it's something very serious, are always available 24-7. Best uh, place to start with is your primary doc, and and if uh, you have concerns, we're always happy and urgent care to see uh, see you guys. And uh, uh, going back to it, especially with parents, my overwhelming um, thing that I tell parents is you guys know your kids the best. So uh, when something's not right to parents, uh, it's not right. And they need to be seen. Uh, and if it's something serious, as you guys did, you guys did an awesome job. Hopefully we as a society get through this darn thing. Um, uh, and uh, as you alluded to, we just all be safe, take precautions. We can't stop living our lives, but we have to have a an idea of what's uh, risky and what's not. And, and it's just not an easy world right now. Well, Doc, I, I'm looking at your bio right now. I see you're a Creighton graduate. You a Creighton basketball fan before I let you go? Oh, I don't know. Is that going to get me kicked off no. the station? I'm a big Greg uh, McDermott guy. He's a good buddy of mine. He spent a lot of time at Iowa State, and I've, I've vacationed with him, and I, I absolutely love Coach McDermott. Creighton's like my second favorite team. Uh, I, I love him. I have a lot of uh, my uh, friends from college still in the Omaha area. My parents are in the Omaha area. I'd love to be able to get down there and see them play uh, more often. Yeah. I am old enough. Uh, I don't know you guys, uh, the Iowans, uh, you guys probably heard of Kyle Korver. He, oh, was yeah. my next door, uh, he was my next door neighbor for two years in college. Awesome. So, uh, 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 Iowa, Iowa State, and, and Creighton are 
are uh, near and dear to our hearts uh, here in my household. Yeah, I grew up on the western side of the state, and Creighton basketball is a huge deal. I mean, a lot of people in my hometown had season tickets when during the um, Dana Altman era, and yeah, it's a back in the, when they were in the Missouri Valley. It, it was, I love Creighton basketball, so uh, good on you. Uh, but the Cyclones did beat you this year, so I have to rub it in a little bit. They did, and quite frankly, I was, uh, my wife was trying to give me uh, tickets for Christmas to take my old college roommate and my boys to, and I said, well, I, this is going to be a conundrum. Do I wear Iowa State? Do I wear Creighton? Uh, uh, so we deferred and watched it on TV, and quite frankly, it was a win-win because I, uh, I, uh, my wife is a big Iowa Stater, and her whole family is, so I have uh, been adopted into that family. So, like I said, it was a win-win for me either way. That's good, and that was an ugly basketball game too. Uh, regardless of the uh, of who, of who won, they, they 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 that was an ugly, ugly game. But no, uh, we a big Creighton fan here. They're they are my second favorite team. I anywhere Coach McDermott goes, I'm going to be a fan. I love that man. So, thank you, Doc. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks, and and really, I mean, I I. I've been at the Ankeny Urgent Care a bunch, and I just I just want to go up and give the receptionist a hug. Honestly, like I just I, or buy her flowers or something. Like you guys are working so hard right now, and and it, and it's very much appreciated. So be sure to tell yeah. your staff that that there's people out there in your corner. Well, we appreciate that. It's been a long two years, and uh, those of us on the practitioner side, the doctor, the nurse practitioners, PAs, uh, we're not looking for any accolades or those kind of things. But as you said. Uh, our staff has been phenomenal through all this. So uh, if you guys do have a chance and you have a good experience, even a thank you to the staff or something of the sort as a, a walkout, that just brings everybody's spirits up. So we appreciate those kind of things too.